0: What Keep Kids Alive is all about. It's all about preserving relationships.
1: I just remember him being happy and goofy and funny and smart and strong and all these great things bundled
2: into one person. One thing I'll never forget is he always made sure that everyone was included and he always left a conversation or uh, left the house with a, uh, bye mom, bye dad, I love you. If this can happen to him, it can happen to anyone. And we didn't want this to ever, ever happen again. There's no right or wrong way to grieve. We all have to find our own way. That's probably one of the things we learned sitting on the side of that mountain.
0: I'm Tom Everson. I'm uh, the executive director of Keep Kids Alive Drive 25. And this will be the first of our 2021 podcasts. The Keep Kids Alive podcast that we started in February of 2020 uh, has been a real gift to us uh, through this pandemic. And today we're going to be talking with Cherry and Duke Rogers, our friends in Idaho and their daughter Kayla, who is in Denver. And we've had uh, a lot of encounters uh, over the years, and uh, we'd just like to share some stories. Sherry and uh, Duke are uh, Bobby's parents, and Kayla is Bobby's sister. And so uh, without further ado, I I would like to just invite you to share from uh, your memory, you know, how we connected.
2: I think it was me that found you, Tom. I was looking online for an organization that was similar to the one that we had started that uh, made a point of remembering lives that were lost in traffic related incidents. And I was specifically looking for some place where we could have, uh, where there was an event that was like a memory or memorial type event. And it just happened that you had the live forward team of runners that do the runs remember at Pikes Peak. And that was. That was very exciting to me because of Kayla's story. I'll let her share that. Yeah. But it was finding your organization and recognizing that you were honoring the lives of those lost and, but also doing what you could to prevent further loss in our communities. And that is very similar to what we were trying to do here in in Idaho with Buckle Up for Bobby. And uh, so I just think it was a, a match made in heaven.
0: Okay. Well, thank you. Kayla, do you want to add to that?
2: Well, the first thing that I had heard
1: about Keep Kids Alive was when my mom mentioned the race at Pikes Peak. And I think she just sent me a link probably via Facebook or something saying, you know, I found this event. And what do you think? Would you be interested? And I don't think that I even hesitated after seeing that Um you know, born in Colorado, having family in Colorado, and then the running aspect and the mission um, of Keep Kids Alive, I was on board right away. So first time I heard of you, I was ready to join the team.
0: You had a very impressive first run up Pikes Peak as well. <laughs> let's talk about who you honor in your running and who you honored through uh, Buckle Up for Bobby. Uh, let's talk about Bobby. Uh, could you introduce us to Bobby? Tell us about him. Bobby was the kind of guy that always had friends.
3: I don't know that the, that Bobby ever met a stranger. He was just that kind of a personality. He uh, always took care of people who couldn't help themselves. So, In other words, when, it, when he would see anything that was like bullying going on, Bobby always would help try to protect him, uh, get him away from that situation. And then once that situation was uh, taken care of, then this is just a story that Luke was had his brother had told me. Uh, Bobby would actually take the time with that person to make him realize, Hey, you know what? You have a value here. You're worth something. And he cared about people like that. He was one of those people that would go the extra mile. Bobby was the kind of person, like I say, that just uh, was a, a very outgoing kind of guy and uh, always wanted to include other people who. Uh, might not be included in with whatever was going on. Well, thank you.
1: I remember Bobby as being kind of both worlds where he was an athlete, but he was also a top student. So he had the brains and the bronze and he was the youngest in the family. So as the youngest sibling, of course, Growing up would kind of get the brunt of the teasing and, you know, us just kind of teaching him the ways of life. And as he got older, I, I just remember having a really fun friendship type relationship with him. He was really, really cool. Like he liked to do all the same things and very active and like I said, very athletic, kind of an adrenaline junkie. And just kind of always looking for the next big thing to do and a little bit of a show off had an eight pack. Like I've never seen before. (laughs) (laughs) He he had had a thing for just nice things and his appearance and always wanted, you know, stylish clothes and his hair to look just right. And, you know, everything in the house needed to be the newest thing. (laughs) And he had, He had expensive taste, I will say, (laughs) Um, but a really sweet, genuine spirit and just a love for adventure and adrenaline, like I said. So I just remember him being happy and goofy and funny and smart and strong and all these great things bundled into one person.
0: Mom, do you want to chime in?
2: I don't know how much more I can can add to the attributes that they've talked about, but. Bobby was our youngest. And one thing I'll never forget is he always made sure that everyone was included. And he always left a conversation or uh, left the house with a, bye, mom, bye, dad, I love you. You know, he always greeted you when you got home with a hug and I love you. How was your day? And he left in the same way. I was the last person in our family to get to see Bobby. And that's the way he left me. Bye, mom, I love you. Thanks for letting me go. And uh, that's that's just something very, very special that I'll never forget about, Bobby.
0: Maybe a good reminder for us all that uh, to say I love you. You know, those uh, those three words can mean all the more because we never know what's going to happen in life. And uh, to remind ourselves that uh, we can't say those words enough.
3: Over the years, I've thought about that moment of that day, the last day that we got to be with Bobby. And that's something I've cherished. Can you imagine the very last words you hear from your child uh, as they're leaving and then and then what you're saying to them? Bye, mom. Bye, dad. Love you. Hey, love you, too, bud. Have a good evening. You know, I mean, what a way to say your goodbyes if you and not even really know you're saying it for for such a time as that was something you can definitely hold on to.
0: Can you talk about uh, Buckle up for Bobby? What uh you know what are the origins of that and uh, the kind of work that you did when you started uh Buckle up for Bobby?
2: Bobby and and three other young people were were in a vehicle that left the roadway and uh, as a result of a rollover Bobby and the driver both died. One of the other young men was severely injured, eventually got better and carried on with his life, the fourth young man wasn't really injured at all. None of them were wearing their seatbelts. And we learned after the investigation was complete, that this accident was potentially a survivable crash, had they been buckled up. And that drove home a message deep in my soul that, you know, if this can happen to one of our kids, it could happen to all of our kids and all of their friends and Mm -hmm. so almost without thinking about it because as we said earlier bobby was such a friendly guy so popular had lots of friends if this can happen to him it can happen to anybody and we didn't want this to ever ever happen again and so as a way of honoring him and also protecting those that he cared about we launched an organization called Buckle Up for Bobby. And I think the original intent was just to spread awareness, but also to create a community where our family and our friends could walk this journey together and share stories and just share memories. It was, it was a great opportunity for us to engage with a lot of young people. Buckle Up for Bobby was in existence for four years. We raised money and granted scholarships to numerous students well above $26,000 over four years. We spoke at lots of high schools, junior highs and community events, as well as participating with local law enforcement and student government groups. To just get the word out about how important it is to buckle your seatbelt and to be aware of your surroundings and pay attention when you drive. Through that I I believe that we, we did make a difference and and several young people have now decided for themselves to buckle up. Not because it's the law, but because they want to make yeah. it to their destination right. and, and have a have a great future. So Really, what we did, our, our motto was "Buckle up for Bobby, prepare for the ride." And uh, Duke actually created that logo and and had something in mind when he came up with that.
3: Well, right, yeah, and you know, pre- preparing for the ride is as you never know what a day may bring. So I always used to think about, you know, if, if this is your last day, like it was for Bobby, are you prepared for the ride? Where's your Where's your eternal uh, right, going to take you. Uh, so that was that was part of. Uh, I, I never really spoke about that too much, but that was what I was thinking when I made that that statement. You know, I, I remember that day, that morning. Well, I'll never forget uh, Sunday. It was um, one of those times as we were trying to put everything together, uh, the pieces of, of what had taken place we had decided that that together we wanted to do something to help reach our community to help show our community something that was that was also equally as important to us and that was how to handle extreme crisis like this in your in your lap and what does that look like all too often we see people out there that take a, a situation like this and they go the wrong direction and this Sherry and I, um, we sat on our bed and held each other in our arms and we cried. And I told her, I said, you know, this is an opportunity that we have to serve the Lord and serve our community and what we could do with this situation. And, and we made a conscious decision that day, that very day, that this is what we were going to do, and that was to serve our Lord and serve our community. And the part I want to talk about it with our community is how to, if I will, recover from a situation like this. Eight years, and I'm still not recovered. I'm still going through the throes of grieving and whatnot. But what we did was we showed a community what it was like to love, to have grace, and to have mercy. And the way that looked, was the young lady that was driving the car, her parents thought, the worst was going to take place because their daughter had done something so so tragic to another family and taken a, another person's life with her actions behind the wheel we did nothing like that we opened up our arms to those people we showed them love and we became more than friends we became family with those people and the people in the community looked at us like what those are those people to I me mean, i remember one of the most famous moments was a family member when I told them they were asking me who those people were at the family function because they didn't know them. And I told them and they just looked at me with awe and wondered, wow, you are amazing to show this kind of love and and mercy towards someone. But you know what? The whole community was able to see this, what a healthy way of, of dealing with this looked like. So I, I just that would be the one thing I wanted to share along with why we started up Buckle Up for Bobby is is the love that we had for people. And um, and I think that showed through in a lot of different ways.
0: Well, I'm so thankful that you shared that, Duke, because I'm sure you remember when we were all in uh, Southern California for the uh, run to honor Connor. We were able to have dinner together, right? And that was the first time we really had a uh, chance to get acquainted face to face. And you had shared that story uh, about going over to to Tiffany's house, you know that that morning. And I was deeply touched uh, by that story because, you know, so oftentimes we we don't hear those stories of I guess I would just call them stories of redemption, or that, you know, that lead us towards redemption that. You know, in the midst of a tragedy, in the midst of a crisis, you know, the decisions that we make can make or break the lives of other people as well. And so, uh, you know, be quite honest. I I think that going back to that meal that we shared in uh, Sherman Oaks, I think on a Saturday on a Saturday night, that that helped lead us to this moment that we could share on this podcast. Yeah, I just think it's a it's a powerful witness to us all.
2: And I think it's a witness to who our son was because that's Bobby.
3: Yeah, that's (laughs) Bobby. He
2: he loved people so much. He did not like conflict. He did not like to have people not getting along. And if we can do one thing to honor him, it's to honor them. Yeah. You know, and to understand that they lost their beautiful daughter, just like we lost him. Yeah. And it would ruin him to think that we you know, treated them with anything but love and respect.
0: It's a pretty powerful way to honor uh, Bobby and to invite us to honor those who we love as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Any thoughts you're having, Kayla, as you're listening to all of this?
1: Um, I guess going back to Buckle Up for Bobby. So, I mean, my other brothers and I kind of sat in the backseat, I guess you could say, and kind of would go to the events and, and support Bucklet for Bobby, but it wasn't really right off the bat that I got very involved. I remember having a fundraiser in college at University of Idaho. I was in a class and we were, I can't remember what the topic was, but somehow the issue of wearing your seatbelt became my topic and my teacher let me run with it. And so, one of the parts of the project was to host kind of a fundraising event. And so, my project partner and I set up a table in front of the kind of common building on campus um, with a poster that I had made of Bobby. He was a big Nike fan, would always have Nike t shirts and things on. So, the picture was of him kind of standing with his hands in his pockets in his Nike t shirt, and it said, buckle up for Bobby, just do it. And so we had a big poster and the the bracelets that said Bobby Strong that we were taking donations for to then go back to buckle up for Bobby, I think for one of the scholarships. And we were having students sign a little pledge book that they would commit to wearing their seatbelt. I think the bracelets were $2. And I remember one guy specifically asking if he could just have one. He didn't have any cash on him. And I said, well, did you sign the pledge book? And he said he didn't wear a seatbelt. So I quickly told him kind of why we were there and Bobby's story and everything. And I said, I'll only give you a bracelet if you tell me that you're going to wear your seatbelt and you sign this pledge book, which he did. And and that was, you know, something that I took away from that day. And then through joining the Move Forward team, I think that was the next real big involvement that I had and putting my time and everything into Bucklet for Bobby and sharing that with everyone who, who
2: I know.
0: Well, Kayla, could you talk with us about your running journey? You know, how did that get started and running for Bobby and just all the different, I guess in my mind, all the different incarnations of running that have come your way that where you've carried Bobby's love and spirit with you?
1: So, I mean, it started in middle school and I ran track with my older brother, Matt. So running was never foreign to me. I started kind of running longer distances after Bobby's passing. um, I was going to school about five hours away from home at the time and just realized I really needed to be closer to family. So I moved back to Boise and was finishing school online so i had a lot of free time and things to process so i just kind of took running as my outlet for my thoughts and you know what better way to have a bunch of time in your own head (laughs) so i just remember kind of starting running and my best friend at the time and i started signing up for local fun runs, 5Ks, and a lot of them were themed. And Bobby was really big into dressing up and wearing costumes and being goofy. So her and I kind of would do that on these fun runs and wear tutus or paint our faces or whatever it was to kind of get in the spirit of the fun run. And then Five miles became easy, so it would be a 10K, which became easy, and I I had ran my first half marathon, and shortly after, I discovered um, the race to Roby Creek in Boise, which goes up the same road where Bobby's accident was, not directly by the accident site, but as close as any event will get you, <laughs> so... Yes it's nicknamed the toughest race in the Northwest. So I was like, I have to run that. What a great way to remember Bobby and kind of use this new found way to channel my thoughts and do both. So I had a shirt printed that said doing it for Bobby, kind of on the Nike thought process and trained and ran that one. And that kind of was the start of the doing it for Bobby kind of lifestyle, if you will. I've ran 13 half marathons, one full marathon. I don't know how many 5Ks, a 20 mile trail run multiple times, and then just did a a really big month long race for vertical elevation gain.
0: (laughs) I want to hear more about the vertical elevation because I was very impressed when I saw you were doing that.
1: Yeah. So that was put on by um, the race is called Cirque series. It's usually in person, but with COVID they moved it to a virtual event, which lasted the entire month of October. And the race was to just get as much vertical gain through hiking or running and then recording it on you know strava or garmin and uploading it to the website and then the leaderboard would repopulate every time someone uploaded their their vert <laughs> and it was extremely competitive more so than i think any of us realized <laughs> so i started off you know a couple hikes a week and then realizing these people were going for hours every day. So I decided to step it up a little bit. And it was a great experience. Through all of this, it made me um, kind of push my limits and just become a braver individual. I was out there by myself in the dark half of the time because the the sun isn't out very long right now. <laughs> yeah. So so just lots of um again time on the trails and in the mountains kind of gives you so much time to to think about life. And on the last day, I did 10,000 feet in one day, and I wore one of my shirts from the the Pike's Peak race that had Bobby on the back and kind of wanted to finish it Bobby Strong, if you will.
0: So how many how many vertical feet did you make in October?
1: Um it was just over eighty what was it, eighty four
0: thousand feet. <laughs> wow. <laughs> For those of you out there who have uh, not done any kind of vertical events, uh, 84,000 is a significant <laughs> amount of vertical feet to go up in a month. So if you've ever been out mountain climbing, uh, you know, hiking and, you know, th- and then you look at your uh, watch when you're done and you say, well, you know, I went up a thousand feet or so. And it's like, wow, that was a real workout. <laughs> you know, and then yeah. That uh, that was a tremendous commitment and, uh, you. you know, to make that. But I'd like to talk too about uh, your involvement with our, our Live Forward Pikes Peak Weekend. Our listeners who uh, maybe not have not heard uh, any of our past podcasts, uh, we've had a few families that have joined us in the past that have talked about our Live Forward uh, Pikes Peak Weekends, which uh, they date back to 2007 when my brother Mike, uh, our son, Matthew, decided that we would do the Pikes Peak Ascent Trail Race. It's a certified trail race, uh, obviously, in Colorado on Pikes Peak. But we had decided to do Run With a Purpose. Keep Kids Alive Drive 25 started uh, about 22 and a half years ago. And over the years, uh, many families like your own had connected with us because of the death of a loved one. And so We decided in doing that first Pikes Peak event that we would run in honor of loved ones who died in traffic incidents. And we put everybody's name on the back of our shirts and we sent uh, replica shirts to families around the country. There was a family from Florida. There was one in Virginia. There was one in Pennsylvania, one in uh, Wisconsin, here in Omaha, Nebraska, where we're based. Uh, There were a couple of families here and So we just carried those names with us, and uh, their spirits certainly boosted us up that mountain that day. What happened was at the end of that day, we began to get emails from some of the families around the country. None of the families were physically present. They were just where they were and wearing their shirts that day in solidarity with us. But they let us know that they had had a good day, and I asked, well, why, why did you have a good day? And they said, well, we wore our shirts, and people asked us about our shirts, and we got to share our stories. And it was a good reminder that story is sometimes everything in life, you know, to be able to share the stories about the people that we care about, that we love, that we make memories with. And so uh, Matthew, uh, Mike and I kind of looked at each other and it's like, I guess we're supposed to do this again next year. Yeah. (laughs) And so next year turned into next year, turned into next year. And uh, but 2013 was our pivotal year because uh, Pat and Jonah Johnson they had sent me a note uh, about a month before the event and said, you know, we're not runners, but we'd just like to come out to Colorado Springs and meet you at the summit of Pikes Peak and just share the day with you. So they did. And we probably had half a dozen runners that day. And uh, they went up with their son, Isaac, and they met us at the summit. And they hurrahed us and high-fived us. and And it was really a good day. But one of the things that happened in the aftermath of that is that Tad, who is uh, Alexa's dad, uh, that's who they were remembering, he wrote a letter and he sent it to me and he said, please send this letter to all the families on your list that have had a loved one die in a traffic incident. And the letter, basically, uh, the gist of it was that they had had an amazing day on Pike's Peak and that there was kind of magic on that mountain. And it had brought people together in a way that was totally unexpected for them. And they really wanted other families around the country to be able to experience that. So I sent that letter out. And uh, lo and behold, in 2014, we had six families join us and I think 24 family members. The next year, we had 43 family members that came out from all over. And I'm not quite sure what year you first came out, if it was 2015 or 16, or it's probably by 2015, I think. I want to say yeah, 15. I think so. Yeah. And and so you've seen kind of the, you, I know you've been multiple times. So you've kind of seen the explosive growth uh, that happened with a number of uh, families that were represented and people who came from so many places in the uh, the country. But, uh, you know, it's been very special to, to have your family uh, be a part of that. But I wanted to hear from you, you know, about your experience of coming to that weekend for the first time, and what drove you to come back again.
3: I know from for myself, you mentioned it uh, in in your conversation there, and it was just about what we had in common and the barriers that were broken down, and because of what we've all been through. I remember one time we were at a meeting in in meridian it was at a a my meeting it's a mayor's youth advisory council and there were like 175 kids a group that we were involved with with the mayor in our local town and i remember we had a meeting before that and there were family members that came in and i remember sitting there and looking around at everybody's face it just i'm getting goosebumps thinking about. i just thought my goodness, we all have the same look. We all we all have that same thing going on, and what we've experienced. And so that was something that I picked up on. in my first time to be able to be with you, Tom, and that meeting and, and meeting those. We all went around. We everybody met everybody. We just took a moment and heard each other's story, and was able to share uh, our experience and and kind of where we're at today. And it, it really was good to be it's like you were you were meant to be there and you were in that room to be with those people at that time it was really that was my first experience and i'm not a runner i mean i was getting lightheaded up there waiting for kayla And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my hat is definitely off uh, uh quite impressive to be at the bottom and look up and then be at the top and be so high above everything and waiting for a loved one to, to run up there and and how exhilarating it was to see them come running through. Oh my goodness, Kayla, it was amazing. And it's been that way ever since. And That was my first experience and takeaway from the meeting and the first time we were there.
0: And, and Kayla, you started a, a tradition that other people have followed because you, you grabbed Bobby's sign. Our listeners, we we ask families to send a favorite photograph of their loved one. And we have special signs made for every family that they can uh, take with them. And Kayla grabbed Bobby's sign that first time and carried it with her across the finish line. And uh, we have multiple photos of other people copying that that move after I think they were just inspired. And uh, it was a good way to cross the finish line together.
2: I think the
1: best part of finishing a race is having your family and friends at the finish line, having Bobby's name, you know, big and bold on the back of my shirt, along with the hundreds of others below was just an honor and finishing, you know, I was doing this run for Bobby to honor Bobby. So I wanted everyone at that finish line to see his beautiful face (laughs) when I crossed. So that was, I don't know, I just I saw the sign, whoever was holding it, and I I wanted to run him across. And then I'm really glad that everyone started doing that. I think it's, it's empowering and, you know, that finish line is really emotional. And so to be able to to carry that across was was pretty powerful for me.
2: And neither Tom nor Kayla has probably ever sat at that finish line because you're always coming up that mountain, <laughs> but to be among the hundreds of people that are there, not just for your team, but for the entire group of runners for the whole event, we make a statement. I mean, our shirts are bold colors and they've got these names on the back and people ask, you know, what's this all about? They see their our, our pictures and they see the shirts and the groups of people sitting together and we actually have a chance to tell our story, but also to encourage them, you know, if they're not seatbelt wearers or if they do text and drive or if they, you know, do any other number of things that could be risky as a driver. I think it it definitely makes a statement that lives do get lost in these streets that we drive on and there are things that we can do as, as human beings and community to help prevent this from happening again. But I also think I've watched, um, one of the ladies runs in honor of her son. I can't remember her name.
0: Is it Beth Norris? Yeah. She runs in honor of Nate.
2: Yeah. And, you know, just to listen to her, tell her story about she and Nate ran a big race, and she knows that he would just love, 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 love to be a part of that event. Bobby's the same way. This is so big and so awesome. Those kids that are watching from above are are right there with them, all with all of you. And I hope that every single runner feels that sense of, of accomplishment and they feel some pride. But for Kayla, I can't tell you what a strong beautiful wonderful person she is she always has been but we've watched her grow into such a mature just honorable person who 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 loves people and uh, she truly has done so much in honor of her brother <laughs> she inspires us i have a couple favorite moments from the trail
1: <laughs> that our bobby inspired I can't remember what year, which year it was, but with the shirt that says Bobby on the back, a woman and I were kind of playing leapfrog on the trail and I'd pass her and a few minutes later, she'd pass me and I'd pass her and (laughs) I made a comment. I can't remember what she was wearing, but something like, oh, there goes that blue shirt again. And so every time we pass each other from then on, she'd say, there goes Bobby. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> yeah. if she thought that was my name or just being on the back. It was, you know, it brought a smile to my face. Cause she'd be like, there goes Bobby <laughs> every time. Yeah. Like he was there. And then another year separate, I think the last year I ran it, there was a runner wearing a gorilla suit. <laughs> I don't know how he ran in a gorilla suit. <laughs> But Bobby would wear a gorilla suit that he had or had borrowed from a friend and yeah. was on video multiple times terrorizing yeah. his friends through Walmart or teasing yeah. someone's dog in his gorilla suit. So when I was on the on the trail and passed a gorilla made yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, me smile and think of Bobby and, and that's just how how he is. When he pops yeah. up subconsciously it's something silly like that. And so to yeah. see a gorilla on a peak was just very typical.
0: <laughs> I want to invite you maybe to talk a little bit about the celebration dinners that we've had, uh, uh, and how have you experienced those and what that's been like for you? Cause on, uh, for our listeners, we always have a celebration dinner at the, uh, Saturday evening after everybody gets off the mountain and it really is a celebration.
1: You know, the first night of the weekend with all of the families, you're meeting everyone for the first time and it's, you know, we all know how we're connected. And so there's kind of a little bit of sadness in the air, but after conquering the race and the excitement that comes from the finish line, I think the celebration dinner is kind of a different tone and all of the runners are kind of sharing their experience of the race and all of the families that are there spectating are just living in the the joy of of being up there and supporting your your family and friends crossing the finish line so everyone's just really you know excited to share their experience and happy and kind of connecting on a little bit of a lighter tone at the dinner where i feel like everyone opens up a little bit more about their situation and can can talk about their loved ones having been with each other for the entire day on top of the mountain or running, you know, together. So it's just a really great bonding event, literally, like you said, celebrating, you know, what everyone's just accomplished. and And it's a really positive way to
2: spend the evening with your new family. That's really it. I mean, I yeah. think we, we become friends for sure and like family with some. And the whole theme of your project here is live forward. And we are all through supporting the, the runners on the mountain, just being there ourselves. We're doing something proactive and positive. So many families that, that go through this don't have this outlet. I so look forward to hearing Kayla say, I'm going to do it again (laughs) because when she commits to do it again, we all get to come and take part in, in what happens there. It, It is magical. And we just thank you so much, Tom, for allowing families to join you and to support you. It's truly a magical weekend.
0: Well, thank you. And, you know, we, obviously we didn't get to gather this year because of the COVID and, and hoping that, uh, 2021 tells a different story. We're hoping for the very best that things will be different this spring and on into summer so that we can gather.
2: I had a thought about
1: the just the weekend in general. And what I remember is that all of these families are in different stages, and it's been more time or less time than the person sitting next to you since you lost your loved one. So I think that's really helpful for all of us to kind of be there as listening ears and understanding for families where maybe they lost their loved one six months ago, you know, and for us to see someone who it's been 15 years and just to have that opportunity to continue to talk about them and share our stories, because it's, it's a hard topic that a lot of people don't want to hear about or don't know how to listen to or what to say, but everyone in that room is there to support you and understands what you're going through. And that's something like, like my mom said, a lot of people don't have access to and to see a positive outlook on, you know, a new lifestyle that you can embrace to honor your loved one is really encouraging, I think. so meeting some of the families there that had you know young children who just lost their sibling i try to make a point to to talk to them as a an older role model type person who's not really an adult adult (laughs) but can you know can be there to sympathize with them and let them talk about their sibling you know as a friend or something so i just think That's so important to just have all those people of different walks of life and see how they're managing and and just have that connection is really good.
0: Kayla, what you shared, it reminds me of uh, a friend of mine shared a quote with me several years ago, and the quote was, uh, our death-denying culture has life-denying consequences. And uh, I, I always look at our Live Forward weekends as a time to be honest about what actually happens in life. And, you know, Bobby's spirit is the spirit of uh, all the loved ones that we've ever gathered to celebrate or have ever connected with the mission of Keep Kids Alive Drive 25 or the work that you did with Buckle Up for Bobby. All of that love didn't go away. It's it's something that is within us that we take with us. It always reminds me when uh, I was a kid, my mom had a little plaque in our kitchen and it said to live in the hearts we leave behind is not to die. And I don't think that's denying death. I think it's, it's saying how we live, you know, through death. And uh, that plaque hangs in our kitchen today. And I can't remember which of your sons it was, cause he's an, is he an EMT? He
2: is now, yeah. He, I think the race was, or the run was over and we were getting ready for the evening. And we all were in the hotel room, and we heard this horrendous crashing sound outside. So we ran to the balcony and saw that a car had hit the telephone pole. And I turned to say, Luke, call 911. He was gone. (laughs) He evaporated out of thin air. And Kayla and I realized that he was on his way outside. And we, we went down the elevator. By the time we got there, he had... Helped the gentleman out of the car. He was sitting on the sidewalk. And uh one one of the other ladies said, Most people run away from danger. I just watched your son run right to it. And that's how he is. You know, he, he's a helper. And he's he's developing skills and and working through his grief process by becoming a professional in that arena to help people. And you know. I wanted to say that about Buckle Up for Bobby. That that whole organization I think was my own way of coping because I'm a doer and I had to do something to help me get through my own grief. And the only thing I could think of was to organize a movement and get started. And I really didn't ask permission or ask my family what they thought. I just started it and they all jumped in at different levels along the way. But I think each of our children has walked their own walk. They've had their own journey and they've supported us when they could, or when they felt like it was the right thing to do. And sometimes they chose not to. And and that's completely 100%. Okay. There's no right or wrong way to grieve. Nobody can tell you this is how you do it. We all have to find our own way. And, uh that's probably one of the things we learned sitting on the side of that mountain is that we all are on that journey, but each of us is taking a different path. We can lend a hand to somebody else and help them walk that journey a little easier. That's what we're there for.
0: I was thinking a lot of things while you were were sharing uh, Sherry, you know, I was thinking about Mr. Rogers and when, you know, when, uh, Yeah, getting into tough situations, look for the helpers, and you know, and and Luke is one of those helpers. You know, it wasn't a matter of questioning should I or shouldn't I. It's like just somebody needs help, so I'm going to be there. You know, I have to say that I mean your 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 children are certainly a reflection of the love that you have for each other. That to me, when I go back to thinking about when you went to uh, uh, Tiffany's house, you know, the morning after the crash and You know, that that's a reflection of the strength of your relationship that you were able to share, you know, because you had that solid foundation to be able to stand as a platform on. Uh, And I think your kids are a reflection of that. uh, uh, And hopefully you would, Kayla, you would take that as a compliment that, you know, know, I think sometimes with our kids, it's like, do I want to be a reflection of my dad or not? (laughs) Well, how was he acting that day?
2: They pick and choose what they want to reflect. <laughs> no, I, we're very proud of each and every one of them. They're they're, yeah. they're very unique, strong little individuals, and and uh, our family has certainly become much stronger and much closer as the result of what we've been through.
0: Well, let me ask you this: uh, to begin to maybe wind down our conversation for today is, uh, you know, when you think about lessons learned about. Grieving uh, about living, uh, about supporting each other. Uh, you know, for our listeners, uh, do you know, what are some of the lessons that you feel like you've learned that you'd want to pass on to to other people?
3: Boy, howdy, that just landed right in my lap. We were just talking about that this morning, and through this whole process um, of our journey, eight years long now, I learned something years ago when I was in nursing school. We learned the different processes that you go through in the grieving process, and I thought it was just one, two, three, four, five, and we were done. Put that in a box. We're done. We're good. It is not like that at all. It is not like that at all. Um, it could come at you from from two to to four to five to three to one to two back to one. Uh, it, it just in any day you could be a puddle of tears at any time if you if you thought about it. But um, the one thing that I learned through this process that really stuck out to me was the grieving process is, is not something anyone can tell you how, how it's going to go or what you need to do to be done with it or to get over it. It's, it's a personal journey. It's something that you have to go through, and only you will know the right directions to go through. And, of course, it's, it's definitely the other thing, if I may It's helped me to be able to lean into God more as well. We're faithful people. We believe in the Lord. And and that's something that I also noticed that my children have all done as well. Their walk has been as as such as they lean into God. You'll hear it sprinkled throughout their conversation as to those different things uh, in life that they're dealing with. But this is something that's helped us all learn to lean into God. And then there's no real right way to go through the grieving. There's an old stigma uh, about how men are supposed to be strong and, and, you know, be the the leader and, and not to cry. And it's like, well, I'm Irish, and I cry at a, at chick flicks all the time. And uh, so, uh, thank God for point. that. <laughs> yeah, you know, right. So, and with my wife and my daughter, I'm I'm down for watching chick flicks. But you know, uh, but, <laughs> but I'm real, and 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 that's just something that I learned. That's part of what I who I am, and it's okay to be who I am. I learned, you know, for coping mechanisms for me, I'm I'm not a runner. gosh, I never was, but I'm sure proud of my daughter for what she does. But for me, I like to visit and I like to tell stories. And so Bobby's story was always one that I was always ready. You didn't have to coax me too much, Sherry. I was ready to go uh, right there with you. And so my takeaway on this is that there's no right or wrong way. And it's something that it's a a personal journey that you have to go through. and, And you get to do it on your own.
0: I want to echo a couple things before you do, you know, one is, I mean, thank you for sharing what you're learning and what you have learned and what you continue to learn. But there's so many of our, our guests, as they've talked about their grief, that uh, their faith plays such a critical role in that journey, because uh, we've heard that uh, over and over again with uh, with many of our guests uh, over this past year uh, who have connected with us because of a death. Uh, But uh, kind of a side note, I'm 75% Irish, so uh, (laughs) all I have to do is hear a brogue and a tear will form in the corner of my eye. (laughs) 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 So I I, I think that that's truly a gift, you know, (laughs) it it certainly is. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Sherry, would you want to add anything uh, just from your own experience? Yeah,
2: and I think... uh, there's just no right or wrong way to do it and just because we jumped out there and started an organization doesn't mean that every family has to or can and if if they want to plant a tree or you know paint a picture or do nothing at all it's completely okay it's whatever on their heart to do together we all we all get through
0: it i like that word together i was just thinking of the 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 family
3: that tiffany what they're such an amazing family as the years have gone by our lives have have kind of gone in different directions but once a year we have a tradition that we always get together on close to the date of our children's passing and we go out and we catch up we just sit and visit for sometimes hours when we get to meet we're still like that togetherness, we're so close with them. And I'm so grateful for that. I mean, our walks of life, we never would have passed those paths. But what our children brought us, the people that we've been able to meet because of our children. And uh, I I don't know, I'm kind of stepping in Kayla's spot here, but just the the lives that we were able to change. I wanted to say this, not to be braggadocious, but because of the platform that was made before us and allowed us to be able to go out and be where we were, we had an, uh, an official from the state recognize us and said that they, they figured out that we touched in a short period of time that we had buckle up for Bobby. We reached out and, and touched 375,000 young people and not to count the adults and parents and whatnot. And I thought about that and the magnitude of that and just the lives of people that we were able to meet from from the farmer to the police officer, from the fireman uh, to the clerk that works in the store, to the people who work in the classroom, the driver's ed classes, uh, to people like you, Tom, what it's brought into our lives has helped us be able to process this grieving process to help us in our, our own unique journey here. It's just been amazing. And I, I just look up and say, yeah. Well, th- well
0: that's definitely a grace. Yeah. <laughs> you said the amazing yeah. part. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. But mm-hmm. you know, be assured that, I mean, certainly my life has been uh, transformed in many wonderful ways because of connecting with your family. There's a gift and a grace in that, you know, it continues to extend out to more and more people. You know, maybe it's only after we die that we have a, you know, some kind of a visual that of recognizing just how far reaching, you know, Uh all those, all that has been, uh, you know, how, how the ripples have rippled out. And, you know, a lot of that sometimes maybe goes unnoticed or unseen or just unrecognized. And, you know, it was good that you had that moment of recognition um, on the statewide level to be able to begin to recognize that there is such great value, you know, beyond what you even imagined could happen. And that Bobby's at the heart of that. Exactly.
3: That's it. You know, it's funny. I, I was just thinking of Kayla, how Kayla's doing something for Bobby that he's not able to, she's able to run for Bobby. We were able to carry Bobby's voice and Bobby's voice able to, to speak to those kids.
0: Well, Kayla, what, what thoughts do you have as you listen in on all of this?
1: One thing I realized over time since since Bobby passed away was how many of my friends have lost siblings, and I had no idea. I think for a lot of people, it's really hard to talk about unless someone straight asks them how many siblings they have or somehow knows their history, it's not going to come out and not going to come up. It wasn't until Bobby died that I had a few friends reach out to me and say, you know, my brother died also, or my sister, and kind of share their story. And I I had no idea. But I I really don't think any of my friends or many people who know me don't know about Bobby. (laughs) So It's really important to me to talk about him often and say his name often and share his story. He's too great of a guy not to be known (laughs) after the fact or not. It's just really important to me because it's such a huge part of who I am and how I choose to try to live my life the way that I do in his honor and has so much to do with our family that it's, it's so important to share his story and try to share the mission so that no one else has to experience what we went through. So my way of grieving, although sometimes it's it's really hard to talk about and it's been eight years and it still makes me teary-eyed and my voice is shaky because it's, it's really hard to talk about, but it's so important, I think, to keep their memory alive and. I love that it's not frowned upon in our family at all. I, I think every time I am with my parents, Bobby comes up and it's it I'm glad that he does. I love to talk about him and you'll hear new stories about him or see a new picture maybe or you know, he'll he'll be in one of our dreams and it's just it's something that I love to hear about. So I would just encourage people not to try to bury memories and, you know, not speak their names, but to actually just keep them alive as much as you can by talking about them.
0: What a powerful gift, Kayla, that really, really is. Uh, You know, I would hope that our listeners would uh, understand, too, that maybe if uh, if we haven't experienced a, a tragic death of a loved one, as so many families have, that When they share that story, it is such a privilege to just simply be present and to listen uh, and to to realize that that is a gift in and of itself and that uh, we can each uh, support each other in that way as well. The way I like to wrap up is, you know, is there anything that you're thinking of, you said, well, gosh, I wouldn't want to leave the end of this conversation without having said this.
3: I can't help it. It's funny. And it's kind of on the silly side. I have to share this. As Kayla was talking about dreams, we are that way. Whenever we have a, have a dream, it's what we do is we get, let everybody know our little nucleus. We tell the story. So Bobby's next up brother had a dream about Bobby and Bobby's telling him what heaven's like. And he says, I feel like a moth going to a light. I can't help it. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought, Oh, that's Bobby. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like a moth going to a light, but that's Bobby. He was so, he was so much fun to be around and he would say stuff like that. I'm looking forward to the next
2: weekend on the mountain. I think uh, we're very fortunate
1: to have found your organization and to, to be involved in something so positive that's going to continue on for years to come. Every time there's a fundraiser, it's kind of another opportunity to share our story and and kind of be an outlet for other families who might be looking for someone to connect with. So I think just staying involved and if, if anyone else out there is kind of looking for a place to land and people to connect with, um, I would strongly suggest your Keep Kids Alive Drive 25 group for, for, for all of your needs. <laughs>
0: okay, <laughs> Well, thank you very much. And, you know, and for our listeners, uh, in a nutshell, the mission of Keep Kids Alive is to help make streets safer for all who walk, cycle, play, drive and ride. And so... We're all about being proactive as we can uh, in working with communities to to help create safer streets for the benefit of all. But I really wanna thank Sherry and Duke Rogers and Kayla Miller for joining us for the first uh, edition of our podcast in 2021. We look forward to uh, welcoming other guests as the the year unfolds and I wanna thank our producers at weberize because uh, they have really been a gift for us this year, especially in these pandemic times, to be able to create a vehicle, to be able to communicate and uh, to connect with uh, families and supporters all across the, uh, the country that help make our mission uh, keep going and growing. Thank you for sharing Bobby's story uh, with us. And I, I hope our listeners are inspired. If there's just one One little piece of inspiration that you take away from our conversation. I hope you'll let that sink in and and really help to motivate uh, goodness uh, to permeate the world even more.
3: Thank you. Thank you, Tom.
2: Thank you for listening. And get involved by following on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Remember, it's about kids. It's about safety. It's about caring. It's about time.